And this is your move creep, the podcast celebrating action cinema from 1980, the year 2000, from east to the west, from the worst to the best. My guest for this week is Dr. Megan Kenny. Megan is the co-host of the Monstrous Flesh podcast, which explains the origins of horror tropes and representation of women in horror. She's also an accomplished writer and parapsychologist. We sat down and chatted about 1993's Demolition Man with good old Cy Stallone and really, 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 really got into the weeds about the three seashells. So let's get into it, creeps. Hi Megan, how are you? I'm very well, how are you? I'm good, fine, Rich. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, so, we're just going to start again a little bit as, as I ask all my guests, how did you become a fan of action movies or what were action movies like for like you? For you? Okay, again. What were action movies like for you when you were growing up? Um, well, I've always loved action movies and I think it's because as a child, I was probably exposed to them much too young um, in the guise that I didn't see the violent bits because my dad fast-forwarded through them. Um, but obviously, you know, when you're watching Predator and things like that, the uh, yes. the air of violence and menace <laughs> remains. Absolutely, absolutely, yes. Um, and so because I was I were born at the end of the 80s, I were in that really brilliant time between my like 80s and 90s action. Um, and so my favourite ones do tend to be from around that time like um, Last Action Hero and, um, you know, the, obviously the film that we're going to discuss today that I'll not give spoilers for. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, so I think I just always loved it from a kid, from being a kid and just watching, you know, Aliens and Terminator and um, and just things like that. And, um, and like, love it today and, and still watch sort of modern ones. But I think if it were a choice between something from the 80s or 90s and a more modern one, I'd probably go back in time uh, for my action fix. That's great. So are you, do you have a sort of a, are you kind of a, a VHS kid? Oh, yes. Yes. Um, I remember actually when my mum said she were finally going to get rid of all those like, videotapes. And I thought, <laughs> God, it's, and now people are going back to it, aren't they? Like people are going back to tapes and videos and yeah. stuff. And um, but yeah, and you know, I used to go to video shop, local video shop, and pick your <laughs> pick your video on a Saturday night and all yeah, that yeah. stuff. And I do <laughs> think like with streaming, and you do lose a bit of that. Like there's a romanticism to getting a video. I think that uh, we've oh, lost yeah, yeah. now in the digital age. Yeah, I definitely remember being. I think in my in my hometown we had like three or four video shops, which yeah. is which is a bit mad to think about. Like, and not not even in like out we're kind of small town so that's <laughs> yeah. all there's like like ones across the road from each other and like ones like like two minutes away from them so yeah it was very much a, a big thing when i was younger and definitely um in my household mum and dad buying tapes like predator yeah like rawhead rex things like that like oh, running, yeah. man, running man and stuff like that. so we, we got to watch me and my brother got to watch really kind of quite violent movies um very early on and i definitely remember that being a case of when I would go around to my friend's house. It would be watching Robocop all the oh, time, or like yeah. this sort of weird big box, yeah. um, which I thought was amazing. So again, obviously, well, for in the future, it's going to be a Robocop episode. But 
Um, no one calls you a move creep. I have to talk about Robocop, don't I? Um, so that's it. That's it. I mean, I that's remember it. watching Robocop not that long ago for the first time since probably I was a kid and mm-hmm. just being absolutely horrified by it. Like, oh, <laughs> well, obviously, I'll not give a spoiler out in case, but you know, the scene, I'm sure you know which scene I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and just thinking, I don't think they make things this graphic today. Like, yeah. <laughs> really? I mean, it's brilliant, but I was watching it thinking, oh, shit, God. <laughs> this is it's a very, very violent movie, yeah. even even by, to, even by today's standards when, and obviously both of us, you know, big horror fans, so mm. even by then, you, if, if you think that that, you as, you know, as, I see somebody that's quite prevalent in the kind of horror community, mm. um, especially online, I would say that, yeah, if you're going to be sort of put off by that, then, you know, that's going to, that's going to say something, really, if you think about it. I think, yeah, it's like the relentlessness of it, though, isn't it? Mm. It's like, you know, yeah. and then I, then they make him go back to work, which just seems <laughs> <laughs> doubly cruel, really. Yeah, um, yeah, that, that was something I seen today was like, like, um, totally killed and cut, cut up in pieces, but still went to work. I'm yeah. like... Yeah, it seems a bit. It doesn't get even get the day off. Like just I mean, right it's back with like Tory government, I suppose. You know, that's <laughs> definitely what they do to him now. <laughs> yeah, that's the most brutal part of Robocop. He still has to go to his work, even though yeah. he's been like brutally murdered and like estranged from his family and wife and kids. So absolutely, yeah, it's, it's the most. That's the most harrowing part of it. Yeah. The government, as yeah. as in most most of his movies, I would say. Um. So, as I can, also, again, as I also ask more on my guests, do you have a kind of favorite? Guy or girl it doesn't it doesn't have doesn't have to be, um, you know, an actor. It could be you know a character you you enjoy the na- in action movies that you think you can or you maybe look up to perhaps. Yeah, I mean, I think I would uh, be hard pressed to pick between um, the two. So I would I would definitely have to say um, like Ellen Ripley and Sarah Connor. I think mm-hmm. that as characters and as you know, in that very masculine male dominated. Um, action landscape they're so iconic and they've become iconic and you know mm-hmm. remained sort of really powerful portrayals across a really massive genre really mm-hmm. um, and I, I think that's testament to, to what brilliant characters they are and obviously brilliant actors playing them like Linda Hamilton and Sigourney Weaver are just incredible um, so yeah definitely them I would say and 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 obviously to your, kind of to your point as well is that Especially with Linda Hamilton in you know, Terminator Two, where she kind of comes back and is quite badass. Where yeah. in the first film she's kind of quite meek and quite scared, and she's playing sort of the, the sort of Laurie Strode uh, yeah. of the of the film. Because I always I always think, and I talk about Terminator all the time. As much as I've in the background, I do have a Terminator Two poster. I do prefer yeah. the first one because it's it's more slashery, it's more sort of disgusting yeah. and grimy. So it's kind of like. Whereas obviously Terminator 2 is, and everybody knows, is quite flashy and quite kind of bombastic and very 90s. Mm. Um, Terminator is very kind of low key and very kind of grimy and sleazy almost. Um, so when she yeah. comes, she has quite a kind of timid character. Maybe a little bit by the end, obviously, when she kind of kills the, the kind of the T800 at the end. Mm. But when she comes in, you know, when she's been kind of institutionalized, and mm. institutionalized, um, and she's kind of, you know, she's doing the sort of the Sort of uh, pull ups with on the bed over time. My favorite scene, yeah. yeah, yeah I love the pull. arms. I think yeah, that's, guns, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it is it is a, a a shared sort of thing between. Well, I mean, Laurie Strode, you know, Ellen Ripley and um, Sarah Connor, and they're only mm-hmm. some examples. I mean, I think it happens quite a lot, but you know, they sort of have this really traumatic experience in, in first one. And mm-hmm. I think more so for sort of Sarah Connor and Ellen Ripley than than Larry Strode. But in second film, even though they are empowered, and even though you know Sarah Connor's got these amazing arms and she looks incredible in a vest, mm-hmm. like she's she's institutionalized because everybody thinks she's mad. And it's same mm-hmm. for you know Ripley in, in Aliens. No one believes her, and mm-hmm. you know they have this um, this very well. I think an experience that's reflective of a lot of women's experiences in society, where you know the, the sort of portrayed as well you're either witches or you're mental aren't you that, that mm. tends yeah, to yeah, yeah. <laughs> or both I mean could be both um but yeah so I think that's a really interesting story arc as well mm-hmm. but yeah I totally agree about difference between Terminator and Terminator 2 about grimy gritty it feels quite I suppose you know like you said more of a slasher quite 70s in a 
yeah, you know, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Grimy. And like seeing, you know, um, like the city in, in that way, it's presented mm. that way. And then I suppose in Terminator 2, it is that flashy 90s, loud, big explosions. It's much bigger. You know, oh, yeah, absolutely, I always absolutely. think about when he, he jumps off that bridge on motorbike and big truck explodes and it's mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is very action, whereas mm-hmm. Terminator, I think, is more horror in it. I suppose yeah, like yeah. Alien versus Aliens, really. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. And I think as we're obviously talking about Linda Hamilton, obviously that, and obviously Ellen Ripley as well. But they're both in their sequels, kind of playing against very kind of macho sort of stereotypes. Obviously, Aliens, yeah. Ellen Ripley's with Phoenix, kind of this, the kind of the um, sort of soldiers, and yeah. obviously in. And Linda Hamilton, obviously, in Terminator 2, is playing against, you know, Arnie, the, one of the biggest action stars. And she kind of comes out, she's kind of toe-to-toe with him in terms of being equally as badass. She's kind of kicking mm-hmm. and she's shooting and she's killing, you know, and she's being quite aggressive as much as kind of Arnie's kind of... Yeah. Sort of maybe, maybe playing a bit more the kind of sort of the motherly role, I think, almost in that film, I think. Um, obviously, yeah. I don't want to kind of don't, don't go into because obviously I've got a massive talk about this in, in the future, but <laughs> she, it's almost like, you know, the... She is sort of the, the kind of badass, and obviously, as much as Arnie is quite very, very badass in that movie, he is still playing the sort of protector motherly role in it. So it's kind of interesting, sort of um, a dichotomy to that. I think it's really interesting. Obviously, yeah. Ellen Ripley in that film, you know, by the end of it, you know, she's, you know, as um, as you see, she's in that power load and she's like kicking ass with the Elite Queen. So that's yeah. one of the most pivotal things in the world. So, like, the most badass scenes. Yeah, but it's really. Yeah, because she's like painted in a very motherly way as well, and I think that mm. does say something about how even when you have these really badass women, there's still a need to make clear that the women, you know, mm. <laughs> like so it's, yeah, it's eternal. Yes. Um, it's like a very yeah, but yeah, I mean, I think as two characters, we start with with the story arcs that they have. They they just and the, and they are iconic and they remain, you know. Important, I think, mm. in the horror, in the action. Sorry, horror. You see, going back to me, usual in the action, <laughs> in the action arena, sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think that they kind of they sort of paved the way for you know more female action stars. You know, and I think that's really quite interesting. And I think mm-hmm. that like they've sort of, if you think about female action, you think about the, those two. You think about kind yeah. of, and our favorite Cynthia Rothrock. Um, one of them was still kicking ass to this day. So yeah, yeah, and it's and you know if you've got you know if you've got Michelle Yeoh of the, the biggest kind of um, most recent example of that, you know, and if and everywhere all at once, oh, you know, yeah. being still being like an, an amazing martial artist, and even even um, Laurie Strode herself, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis kind of kind of some action scenes which I thought was the most one of the most amazing things about that movie. I think oh, just yeah. them going toe to toe was really really interesting. Um, yeah, 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 I think it's awesome. And I think it's always nice to see that, to see women mm. being sort of, uh, well, being violent, I suppose, but being physical because mm-hmm. it's it's not, you know, it's not always the case that you have women in action in particular. So quite often they're like damsel in distress sort of waiting to be rescued. Mm. So it's nice mm. to see women kicking ass, like you say, and, and going up against these um, enemies and and you know the villain and it's it's really cool and I I hope that we see more. That's what I'm really hoping for. Yeah, and then you've got and you've got a little bit and you've got that kind of stuff in horror as well. You know, you've got films like Revenge, yeah. which is a very very kind of a very kind of horrible movie, but then obviously it goes into sort of a really amazing sort of revenge sort of sleazy thriller film. Yeah, uh, which I yeah. think is and she and obviously Dutchess is amazing in it and she plays a very very. It's really badass character. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't see many action stars kind of um, melting a beer can on your leg. So, um, I think that's, pretty, I think she ranks quite high for just doing, just for that alone. Never mind, like yeah. killing you know our, our, our um, attackers in such a way as you do in that yeah. movie. If you haven't seen that movie, we should see that it's, film. It's on my list to watch. I love revenge films, but sometimes I can't really watch rape revenge films for obvious mm. reasons. They freak me out a bit. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, there are, I think it's, again, that sort of horror and action, I think, are quite well, the, the sort of, there's a lot of mingling, isn't there, together mm. of. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, even thinking about, you know, Alien as, as a horror 
yeah. film and then Aliens more as an action film. Again, I think sometimes that's budget, isn't it? You know, it's yeah, yeah. To, but but yeah, I think there are a lot of crossovers there and a lot of themes that sort of pick up really easily. That it only takes a very small change for it to be action versus it being horror, really. Absolutely, absolutely, and again, it's the same same as we are, the way I think about Terminator and Terminator Two. I think. Mm-hmm. Though Terminator is obviously very much an action movie, it feels to me more, I say, like a slasher movie, more like a horror movie. Mm. You know, it's it's not as, as I said before, bombastic as Terminator mm. Two is. It's you know, it's very light on the effects and very light on the kind of the and more in, about gore and more about you know like mm. this kind of killer almost. It's almost in that kind of way like. Like they say before, you know, you can't kill it, you can't reason before it, it just keeps going. Yeah. Like kind of like a Michael Myers or a Jason Voorhees. He, yeah. He'll just keep yeah. going and no matter how much you hit him and how much you take him down, you could drop a building on him and still keep coming. Mm. So I think that's there's very big polar opposites to that T eight hundred in that movie. Yeah. They kind of, you know, like like Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers. They, you know, again they've had multiple again yeah. and they've had multiple sequels and they never go away. So <laughs> again the yeah. same situation with that like will we ever see the end to you know the Terminator franchise as much as we'll see the well, end to you know Michael Myers really yeah but that's it isn't it I suppose it's it is that thing of like the relentlessness of the villain um, mm-hmm. that that is often it's like in in sort of in slashes or in things like Nightmare on Elm Street and things like that but you know Terminator is as scary if not a scarier prospect because not only is he unstoppable but also is like from the future, <laughs> yeah, come, exactly, yeah, you know, yeah. come back um, for it to to sort. Of, and I think that the thing with that as well is the the sort of emotionless aspect of it. There's no, you know, in things like when it is a slasher, in things like Scream or something like that, your killer mm. is human and they're driven by a human yeah need in a way or a compulsion. Or but with something like Terminator, there's no. You can't reason, you can't rationalize, mm. you can't stop them. So that they are, it is very, yeah. very scary in that way. Um, yeah, because it's it's, a, it's obviously a machine that doesn't have mm. feelings. Like it doesn't, you know, like, like Kyrie says, it doesn't feel pain or anger yeah. or or sorrow. It just feels, just wants to. It just has its business to do. Yeah, yeah. It's programmed to do this one thing, and that's what we'll do for. And in infinite way, we'll just destroy it, which I think is again quite, quite, quite. Scary enough that yeah. it becomes, you know, a bit more than about. Obviously, with things like Michael Myers, you know, he's he's out to kill Laurie, or he's out to kind of get some sort of revenge in some sort of ways. He, there is some sort of like consciousness to him, even if he's, mm-hmm. you know, this he is the shape, or he is, you know, this kind of boogeyman yeah. sort of thing. So, but there is, um, and the same way, kind of with Freddy, he kind of keeps, he has some sort of like motive, I guess, I suppose, but. Yeah, yeah. The, term, the Terminator doesn't really have, and really does really the kind of aliens, I suppose, in a way as well. Yeah, they just they just want to kind of they just want to sort of breathe, I suppose, in a sort of way. But yeah, this yeah. it's 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 it is definitely a, a big sort of crossover, which is kind of cool between horror cinema and action cinema. And you got obviously you got people from both sides coming at different sort of movies as well, which is kind of interesting. So yeah, yeah, I think it's I think it's a, a really cool, really good point made by yourself there. So we're gonna go on to your pick of the week of the episode. Yeah. Um, and you've picked 1993's Demolition Man. At the end of a century, ravaged by violence, a society of perfect order will arise. Criminals will be frozen and reprogrammed in cryogenic prisons. The prisoners are ice cubes. Their criminal instincts are being reprogrammed as they sleep. Aggression and deviant behavior will be totally eliminated. He's a criminal the likes of which you have never seen. In a bad time, he was the worst. I'm gonna love running this place. But in the year 2032... This morning, Simon Phoenix escaped from this cryo-facility. We are, quite frankly, not equipped to deal with the situation. Amidst a world of peace and calm... We're police officers. We're not trained for this kind of violence. How was the fiendish Simon Phoenix apprehended back in the 20th? In the end, it took just one man. John Spartan. 
You mean the demolition man? The conditions of your parole are full reinstatement into the SAPD and immediate assignment to the apprehension of Simon Phoenix. Two mortal enemies. Just dropped in to say hi! From another time. Pass is over, John! Time for something new and improved! Oh, hell. Unleashed on a future that isn't big enough for the both of them. Sylvester Stallone, Wesley Snipes, Demolition Man. Dan Sylvester Stallone. Um, tell me a little bit why you picked this movie because I. Uh, kind of a bit of an inside baseball behind the curtains thing here that I have a big list I send all my guests and they say, you know, fill your boots, pick, you know, pick a movie. Uh, Megan um, went a bit mental. As some, <laughs> not as mental as, no, I'm going to say, not as mental as most people have. Uh, but yeah, you had picked a few and I said, look, we need to, we need to, we need to narrow it down. What would you say is your, the one you would like, to, most like to speak about? And yeah. you picked this movie. So why, why was it you picked this movie specifically? Well, obviously I picked loads and I could have discussed all of them. Um, and then I were really um and ahhing between this and The Crow because I feel like The mm. Crow really speaks to my horror, spooky girl aesthetic. But mm, yes, yes. I did not think that there would be any other opportunity for me to discuss Demolition Man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And so yes, I picked it. Um, and also I picked it because, unfortunately, I do think that your list <laughs> has an error in it, which is that Last Action Hero is not on it, which is the finest... Uh, are one of the finest action films ever made, in my humble opinion. Yeah, well, I'm sure it. I'm sure it does. I'm going to check that, and if you're wrong, I'm going to come. I'm come at you on Twitter. And I violently storm a quote well, tweet. I didn't see it because I looked <laughs> for it specifically. I'm going. I'm not going to look just now because I don't want to show you up on this podcast. But no, I'm sure it's definitely there. But yeah. But anyways, yeah. So talk a little bit about about Demolition Man. So Demolition Man, just to let you know, that 1993. Uh, directed by Marco Brambilla, or Brambilla, maybe. Um, this is Wesley Snipes' third movie of even just that year, so he'd be in Boiling Point, Rising Sun, with, you know, we talked about before uh, in previous podcasts, um, lovely, um, likes to slap women, Sean Connery, may yeah. rest his rest his soul, um, <laughs> or rest in fucking ashes forever. Um, no, I'm sorry, he's the best born, let's be honest. And I, I just sort of come back for it some way, because he's Scottish, I guess. Well, I need to do that. I don't know. It's a difficult one, isn't it? You know, there's a lot. It's a difficult of one. He was a, a flawed human being. Yes. Um, and he made a and his last film was pretty shit. He made a weird, weird sort of CGI cartoon. So, at least I suppose we got our own back in him some sort of way. And then he made, then he made Demol- Demolition Man, um, which is probably his most well known film apart from Blade, I suppose, yeah. and and Passenger Fifty Seven. Um, I'm a big Wesley Snipes fan. Mm. Um, I love you know even even his cheesier. Straight to video movies like Art of War, yeah. Drop Zone, and with Gary Busey. And who yeah. doesn't love a bit of Gary Busey in their life? I mean, everybody yeah. does. If Gary Busey's yeah. in it, you're going to watch it, aren't you? That's yeah, he's, he's, and, he show, and he shows up in so often some great movies. So I'm sure we, we're not the first thing we'll talk, discuss a lot about Busey. <laughs> um, so I talk a little bit about, uh, I like, always like to kind of touch on where the kind of big guns are of action cinema at this, yeah. t- this time. So 1993, we just talked about it. a second ago, Last Action Hero, so I'm not going to have this out. That time, obviously, one of his bigger films and one of his most loved, beloved films, Love by You, Megan, of course. Yes. Um, seems the girl didn't bring anything out at this point. It had some films out um, in the kind of late 80s and obviously yeah. in the early 90s, but nothing in the 1933. Um, Jock Van Damme made one of his finest films, Hard Target, yes. with one of my favorite directors, John Woo. Um, so lots of doves, lots of uh, slow motion. Yes. Um, which is what we always love. Um, Jack, my boy, Jackie Chan. Uh, brought out City Hunter, um, which is one of these kind of more you know, weird, kind of slapsticky movies. Um, the fact that he dresses up as Chun Li at one point is quite uh, <laughs> quite a sight to behold. So Google Jackie Chan Chun Li, you'll see that. As, I mean, it, it looks. I mean, it looks quite good. I mean, I mean, you know, for but, as as far as I'm a, as a man and sort of as space buns and uh, not much else covering his <laughs> his, his bottom half, he's in a pose have- off. I think. I do have to say that one of my favourite films of all time is The Spy Next Door. <laughs> oh my god! I'm, I've, I, do you know I've never ever really seen, I've never seen that. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm sort of a weird Jackie Chan purist. <laughs> oh. no, it's only like oh, it only has good films in the 80s, maybe in yeah. the 90s, but no, like oh I don't know. No, I'll, I mean, give, I'll, I'll give you Rush Hour three. 
He does play a pen imparter. Like that's a job that someone would have, a pen imparter. That's his job in The Spy Next Door. That's a good (laughs) cover, I think. That's a good cover. That's a good cover. Yeah, definitely. And he's, <laughs> and 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 I've always kind of spy movies. He's definitely that's probably one of the ones I've not checked out. But I'm going to check out because you've you've recommended it. I would recommend um, it. <laughs> absolutely. So what? So in terms of in terms of demolition man, where do you think this kind of Banks and Stallone's catalog? If you look at his kind of because obviously he's got some major big movies, much like Schwarzenegger himself, he has massive movies that are so well known and so well 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 liked and well loved. Oh, so yeah. where do you think well, this kind of ranks in a sort of list for you? It's it's a difficult one because I think this is one of my absolute favourites, but I also really love Rocky. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, um, would always watch Rocky and think that it's just one of the finest um, film series ever mm-hmm. ever created. So Rocky is up there. But I also really love um, Escape Plan. Yes, absolutely. Which yes, absolutely. So good. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say this is very near the top of his list for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I would say that. I'll I'll be charitable about the ones that might be the bottom of the list. I'll not name names. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. definitely near the top. Are you t- are you are you talking about Os- Oscar? Are you talk- <laughs> are you- are you talk- I shan't name names. I'm talking about, about rhinestone. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. We we all know ones, and he, and he's, he's had some he's had some some great directorial debuts as well. He's done he did Rocky Three, which is obviously one of my favourites of yes. Rocky franchise. He did um, the Staying Alive, which is the sequel to Saturday Night, Saturday Night Fever, which is wow. a very very with a very with a very oily um, John Travolta. Greasy, yeah. <laughs> fuck off. So, <laughs> yeah, I had to do that one. Obviously, I was a, I was a set up with it and a half there. Um, yeah, yeah, he's 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 probably one of my favorite actors. Just now, you know, to this to this day, I should say. Um, obviously, a big fan of the Rambo movies. This yes. film. Um, Although I did see and- the most recent one, and I have um, rarely seen such wanton acts of, <laughs> of violence. In that one, I think it's most recent one. Is that the one where they're like throwing babies into fires and you know spearing, spearing children? And it's it's mad. It's like violent. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That one's the the last Rambo is very. Well, I suppose no. It's it's not as it's not as graphically violent as as Rambo. Just the word Rambo four, um, which is has like basically the last maybe like ten minutes of it. Or just him, like literally, just like putting a machine gun into people's mouths and just shooting for like twenty minutes. And you're like, that guy's dead. I'm pretty sure he's dead. You don't need to use a tank. I'm sure. Like, I just want one bullet with a probably just killed him. You don't need John. You just kind of calm down a little bit. It's just the whole whole scene is just basically like, well, you, he's getting no chill for the whole like last ten minutes of the movie, and just kind of just sort of ends. You go, okay, right, that's that. I suppose he's killed the whole of Vietnam pretty much. So. I think um, the most violent thing about the last one, though, is his hair. I have yeah. to be honest. That is an act of violence in itself. Like, when it first, <laughs> when it first came spending, out yeah. and he's got that hair and, and then he's like a snake catcher or something, mm. isn't he? He's like got all mm. these venomous snakes and he's wrestling with these snakes. Yeah, he love, he love, he like, uh, yeah, he does have a, a wonderful mullet. From, I mean, he's getting <laughs> from most of these, these films, you know, like, the first movie is getting kind of sort of feathered nice hair, but yeah, the mullet is pretty much prevalent for like most of these movies. Not now, like not in the last one, the very, very last Rambo Five, um, where he's kind of fighting, where he's being very, very racist against Mexican people. Oh god! And um, for most of the, most of the movie, yeah. as my friend said, have you seen a new Mex- the most racist Rambo movie ever? I went, well, that's Rambo Two, obviously. I went, no, no, they're all they're all they're all pretty much pretty racist. I mean, they just have to kind of like, who's the enemy this year? Yeah. Who, who's the Asian enemy we have this year? Absolutely. So let me get them this time. So uh, yeah, or who's fighting the Rus- Russians this time, or the Afghans, or it's very, yeah. very, or the Saudis. It has to be picked. Again, yeah. I think they're going to. I think studios at that point for the eighties and nineties went into a big sort of like tombola. Yeah. Like obviously, like na- countries, and we're like, okay, to him, them. Let's we'll just we'll just pick them for this week. Yeah. Um. So it's very, very, <laughs> very, very, yes. um, racist or. 
at least sort of very, very xenophobic at some stage. But yeah. uh, don't tell that to Stallone, I suppose. Well, no. um, so just to go a little bit of information about the movie, obviously it's set of Los Angeles 1996, John Spartan, which is an amazing name. Um, it's a very, very action movie name, I feel. I have um, to say that when I started uh, thinking about it for this, for the, our discussion today, I did think and I could not stop laughing at the fact that he's called Simon Phoenix. <laughs> His name's Simon. Simon. <laughs> and I, Simon and John. Like, and I, but that is a very, yeah. like I say, very action. John Spartan is quite cool, but Simon. Simon's, yeah, but I suppose, it is, I suppose it's to use, as soon as you use Simon says. I know, but come um, on. Yeah, so I mean, that was also horribly used in the film Simon Says with Dennis Rodman, which yeah. I'll be talking about in the future because that movie is fucking mental. Um, but yeah, so, uh, so John Spartan, a cop for the kind of Los Angeles Police Department, goes in to save some hostages from Simon Phoenix, Simon and John, uh, sound like the Beatles. Um, <laughs> So uh, Simon Phoenix, John Spartan played by Sly Stallone. Simon Phoenix played by the wonderful Wesley Snipes with an amazing uh, kind of blonde afro, oh, which yeah. apparently he hated the whole way through the movie. And the minute he finished, he just shaved his head. Shaved his head. Oh. But Dennis Rodman himself, he said he loved it so much he started dyeing his hair all the time. So that was quite <laughs> interesting there. It's a bit of a dichotomy there. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so that was a, just a little special tease for the, with the trivia zone. Um, just to let you know that. Okay. Um, so John Spartan goes to save some hostages in this sort of sort of a big abandoned building. Um, has a sort of big set too with John with Simon Phoenix and kills him. Uh, not kills him, sorry. She knocks him out mm-hmm. and carries him out obviously to be arrested. He was John Spartan sees there's no hostages in yeah. the building. He's had a check, mm-hmm. but when the building is destroyed, out of the rubble, the firefighters find twenty bodies. Yeah. So both. John for negligence and Simon for being a fucking badass, uh, just for being a mental case. Uh, they both put, get put in cryo prison. Now, this is in 1996, and it's set three years after when the film, film actually came out. <laughs> and so, I mean, I don't know what you were doing in 1993, but uh, or 1996 for, this, for that matter, but I didn't see people going in cryo, cryo freeze. Maybe the only person I heard about cryo freeze was Michael Jackson, mm. and that was going to be. <laughs> He was going to have his whole body, like, yeah. remember that? and they said that Walt him. Disney had it done, didn't they, that his head, his head's been yeah. frozen. But I do yeah. think, I've, I've always thought, it's a very harsh punishment for John Spartan uh, yeah. to be, you know, treated exactly the same as a terrorist and murderer, Simon Phoenix, like the same punishment. Um, I've always thought that were quite cruel. But also, when did they stop using cryostasis in action films? Because there seems to have been a point when everybody were getting frozen. Yeah, it was a big, it was a big thing. It's very much a very nineties thing to like freeze people. Yeah, they loved it you know, in nineties. They, they fucking loved that shit, like just yeah. freezing people. I, I, I don't know about you, but when when he was getting put in the cryo freeze, I kind of thought that's kind of something, something sort of kind of nice. Like, as somebody loves naps, yeah. I'd be like kind of wait, but it's, it would be kind of cold nap, but like, yeah. and I don't tell you, won't tell you want to see people see my genitalia as he freeze me, but well, um, it'd be quite interesting that. to kind of. There is that. that, but we, but thankfully, as as we see in the effects, we don't get to see all the all that's frosted over. So yes, it's kind of it's quite it's quite uh, handy, that isn't it? It's handy. But, works no, a bit of a a bit of a shame for the viewer, perhaps. Um, and if you're if you're a big okay, this is this is Stallone at his peak, so you'd think that yeah. all the sort of the, the ladies or men in the audience would be quite happy to see him kind of his frozen bollocks, but well, yeah, don't get to I mean, see Arnie it. Did yeah. it, didn't he? In, uh, is it Terminator Two where you can see his tethers? I think I think you can, yeah, yeah, and you can definitely see his big bum. So if, if you're a big, if you're a bum fan, it's definitely an Arnie bum fan specifically, then definitely get on Terminator Two straight away. Yeah. Um, or Terminator One for that matter as well. Um, so, so the the both obviously they're both frozen, and then cut to the future, twenty thirty two. Um, it's now a utopia. Um, Los Angeles and San Andreas have been put together after the big quake of twenty ten. This utopia. Includes no drinking, no drugs, no swearing, no contact in sports or in sex, mm. um, which which features a really weird sort of creepy oh, sort of oh, fever no. dream scene later on in the, in the movie, <laughs> and all and also um, so obviously no murder, of course, you know murder death kills a big thing in this this future. Another thing they're not used to is Simon Phoenix has been fought out and has been programmed to become a murderer to stop. Uh, 
poor homeless people revolution um, from happening, destroying this utopia that has been built. Now, then obviously, as you say, you know, we've we've had John Spartan mm-hmm. um, frozen for most of this movie, but after Simon Phoenix gets out and does murder, death, kill, and destroys the whole place with his amazing um, martial artists, martial yes. arts, as you say, um, John has to be fought out. And Sandra Bullock, a big fan, playing a, a linear Huxley, is a big fan, Ninety remembers John Spartan and gets mm-hmm. him fought out and lets him kind of wreak havoc again to try and stop Simon Phoenix. Now, there's a lot of questions I can ask about this movie. Yes. I can ask about, obviously, why do you, why did Wesley Types have to do weird Chinese racist stuff in the museum? Yes. I could ask you that. I could ask you about the wonderful references to Schwarzenegger being the president at one point. Yes. Um, I think my, what my most prevalent question is, What's your understanding of the three seashells? Right. Well, in preparation for this, I did discuss this with someone and I did give it some serious thought. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. my only thought would be that you would use the seashells as some sort of scoop. Mm, mm. And that by their shell-like nature, nature's mm-hmm. cup, if you will, mm-hmm. um, that that would be used as some sort of human poop scoop. Yeah, so I had, I definitely had that um, yes. thought when I was when I was younger. Yes, and I've, I I've spent see, many nights. Um, I did see a clip of Sylvester Stallone answering it. Yes, yes, I was going to go into that. Yeah, yeah. Where he he suggested that you use them like chopsticks, which meant that I was vindicated in this argument. I'll say, I'll go as far as to say, argument with this person um, <laughs> that it was in fact some sort of human poop scoop. Which to mm. me doesn't seem very futuristic. Yeah, it seems a bit backwards. It seems, yeah. but it's it's almost very. It almost kind of fits into so you, the utopian viewpoints. I suppose it's also quite um, not clinical, I would say, but certainly mm. very going kind of back to you know a sort of simpler time. I kind of you know there's there's no murder, there's no swearing, there's you know very little sex, unless you wear a mad weird headset. Um, no spicy food, but strangely, no spicy food, but Taco Bell still Taco won Bell? the mm-hmm. franchise world. So I don't understand that because anybody who goes to Taco Bell knows <laughs> that it's spicy. Um, yes. So, yeah, so it's very, very strange. But, yeah, so there is actually an actual graphic, a, a very graphic graphic about <laughs> about the toilet, the no toilet paper and using the three seashells. And I, I, for a long time, I was quite the same as, as Sloan there said that, I thought you would just use them as chopsticks, you know, yeah. and the other one would just be for sort of a rudimentary yeah. sort of clean up at the end. Yes. Once you've got, but I think really, I know it's not to get into sort of graphic detail here, but I think if you're doing that, there, there's something in your bum at that point, which I don't how, understand. How far, like in, how far yeah. would you have to go? Because yeah. he's saying it's like chopsticks. I mean, my thought was, that, you know, you would still, you can't put a seashell. Most people, I don't think, could put two seashells up the bottom in some sort of pincer movement. Unless, no. you know, unless... Believe me, I've tried. Maybe if you've, you know, I would let someone more qualified than me um, answer that question. But I do think that unless, you know, evolution has led to it, that by 2032, everyone's, well, to be blunt, everyone's bum all's massive. Um, mm. I, I don't really see. Not something I thought I were going to say actually today. Um, it's taking but, a turn, but it's an interesting <laughs> we've turn. We've but, took a turn now into into discussions, but mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know really. And also, if there's just three seashells in toilet, does that mean that people reuse them? Yeah, because you would need to wash them. I think really. Yes. Yeah. Because you know, like, like, and you have to do them immediately afterwards. You know, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because I I don't particularly want to go into the next be grabbing grabbing Ex- shells grabbing beautiful soil ornate shells but like <laughs> so excrement really I I don't particularly want to do that I don't know about you in this sort of utopian um lovely lovely affair but I don't particularly want to be handling sort of conch shells with fucking poo on them <laughs> um call me old fashioned call I'm, me I'm more, utopian if you like but no I don't particularly want to do yeah, it either yeah. uh, um, what. <laughs> this is such a strange conversation. 
to, to go back a little bit to the, to the movie, um, well, we talked about um, Lena Huxley, um, which is quite an interesting sort of second name because then sort of isn't Aldous Huxley a kind of utopian sort of yeah. writer? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. The most disgusting part, apart from obviously the seashells moment, was it seeing that Sandra Bullock still listens to Red Hot Chili Peppers? Oh, God. Which I think is most one of the most disgusting parts of it. Um, there's some sort of physical media still exists of Red Hot Chili Peppers in the year 2032. After the quake had happened, she she is like, this quake had happened, she's running for stuff, she's collecting all this stuff, and then she found, you know, fucking blood, sugar, sex, magic, or whatever it's called. Imagine if um, that's what survived. Like, imagine if there were a massive earthquake. That was music or something. That was music in the future. That was like... Yeah. Yeah, I, like I, that, I don't know. that's mad, isn't it? To to think about what horrors might might endure. Yeah, I think I would, I would just believe. Just put me back in the freezer. Just yeah. like just please. Put me back but, in. I don't and need just it. don't ever like until like until Anthony Anthony Kiedis and Flea are eradicated from the place of the earth. Please. I don't I don't but, want to pick my bum while listening to Red Hot Chili Peppers. No, put like, me back in the yeah, fridge. Yeah, like they put they put that. Just I'm I'm trying to watch the seashells and listen to this. Listen yeah. to like, give it. I don't. I, can't, I, I mean, don't want you naming as, their songs. Yeah, don't want to give them credence. Yeah, no. I I think as soon as they said you can't swear or eat spicy food or have sex, I'd be like, Yeah, yeah. You, you can, what what am I lose, doing here? You kind of lost me there a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think at that point, I think that. Um, I mean, I don't drink. I don't do drugs, but you know, I I do spicy food. Mm. And I swear, obviously, I'm I'm Scottish. I have to swear. Wow. It's kind of written in, in my gen- <laughs> genetic makeup. I think. Uh, <laughs> Uh, to, uh, to, uh, but no toilet paper is really, I think it's a bit of a uh, a no-go for me, I think. It's a but, strange no, just... thing as well. It's a strange thing to have put in, really, um, mm, that, mm. that I suppose is why I think people still talk about it, perhaps. It's become part of, like, the culture. And it, every, mm. most people, if you, say, if you said to most people, oh, um, you know, do you know how to use three seashells? Most people would know what you meant. <laughs> so yeah. it has really endured. Um, so yeah, that's I think, good, I suppose. Yeah, I think I think if you said, you know, if you've seen, have you seen Demolition Man? You look, the first thing they'd be like, either is that from Wesley Snipes or is it that film with the three seashells? Yeah. yeah so it's, it's it's a it's sort of a it's a zeitgeist moment of, of for action cinema. I think for, forever. I think now, um, but yeah. So like, so Demolition Man. Obviously, we we get John Spartan back out deep freeze. He's wearing, he's wearing like a trooper to get some toilet paper to use. He's a, he's unbacked up for now, and thankfully, yeah. as he as he point out in the film, which is quite disgusting. Uh, <laughs> and he goes off on the, of on a fight to fight Simon Phoenix, uh, who's unfrozen a lot of his friends. Yes, he, he didn't, and unfortunately, thankfully, not Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, you know, because I don't particularly want to see a scene in a utopia of some guy boiling dicks in a kettle. No. No, um, which is which would be quite, far, quite really. a bit of a turn, I think, really. Yeah. <laughs> I w- but it would have been it would have been quite an, an interesting thing to see him like bring out some other sort of killers, but um, that would have been quite interesting. But I think we we did that with American Horror Story, and that was pretty pretty lame. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I say, well, we've got this utopia. We've got obviously you know Dennis Leary doing what Dennis Leary does as a yeah. sort of um, hoboish sort of. Uh, Resistance leader. Yeah, uh, we've got a young Jack Black. Um, very very briefly, we've got Rat Burgers. Um, and all, and all least least to a uh, big set two in the cryo chamber, mm-hmm. as you know Simon Phoenix and John Spartan go head to head. Yeah, and somebody loses their head at that point as well. So oh as, yes, as yeah. in a sort of in a sort of Terminator two sort of style, um, Simon Phoenix is, is cryogenically frozen on the spot and <laughs> loses his head by getting kicked, kicked off his shoulders, basically. Um, I mean, so, it is a very Yorkshire saying that. Oh, I don't know if it's just a Yorkshire saying, but I have often said, um, I'll kick your head off your neck. I've never um, heard that. That's an interesting, I'm going to use that when I relate that. So, yes. So I think that is a, you know, a, a literal visual representation of that, you know, just, <laughs> just kicking somebody's head straight off the neck. That's absolutely. I think, I think it's an, an it's also like, I like like you say, it's it's very it's a very nineties thing for that to have happened. Yeah. And obviously we knew that was gonna kind of the, I was gonna probably be the tail So I think they talk at the very beginning about like I'm gonna take your head off your shoulder or something or I'm gonna take yeah. your head off. Like 
the very beginning and then he gets to do that at the end which is yeah, quite interesting sort of, sort of full circle. <laughs> we'll, have a, we'll, have a full circle, we'll have a full circle moment at the end we do we do absolutely absolutely so I don't know if you're ready for a trip Megan but yeah. I'm going to take you to the trivia zone <laughs> So here we go some, for some trivia about Demolition Man. Uh, so Wesley Snipes, obviously a very accomplished black, black belt in martial arts, um, actually had to slow down his punches and kicks as they were too fast to be caught on camera and he ended up too blurry. So oh, every time wow. he would do a, do a kick through, obviously many fight scenes, he had to do them very, very slowly and very deliberately. Oh. Um, throughout the movie, because obviously he kept saying, you know, Wesley, you're just going too fast. Um, which is quite interesting, you know, obviously at that time, you know, um, that was another, another kind of apparently a big thing with Bruce Lee as well. That in many of his movies, he had to kind of try and slow down his kicks because yeah. he was so you know, lightning fast. He would like, kick somebody, it was like like a crack of a whip, basically. Wow, that's really that is really interesting. I it's suppose quite... it also explains why Simon Phoenix, a grown man, is dressed in an orange vest and dungarees. Yes, absolutely. Do you know it reminds me of that? Is actually quite like Chucky. Yeah. He's kind of like he's sort of he's got. It's just it seems strange like that like he's and also you don't ever see him like find his clothes. He just seems to like have them in clothes. So I mean that suggests as well that perhaps when you see him and he's defrosted that they've dressed Mm. him in that. That that's their choice. Oh, they went 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 like a small child. Like you're just dressing like like yeah, like it's a weird thing. So it's either they've chosen to dress him like some small child. Oh, they were the clothes that were left, like behind in his locker, I guess. Mm, mm. When he I was frozen. I think that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's sort of like, I like sort of when you come out when you've done sort of, you've done your sort of porridge. You've kind of come out, yeah. and you've kind of got you're getting back your clothes. You, your clothes yeah. from maybe like twenty or years ago, which are really really out of date. <laughs> and he's kind of he's got like a sort of orange t shirt and a pair of dungarees. But like, well, everything's a bit sort of quite sleek and quite kind of. It's very sort of Japanese, yes, very African clean, sort of. Clean it's it's yeah. very kind of um, very kind of Asian and very kind of clean and like kimonos and very kind of flowing robes and so forth. And I he's mean, kind of sort like of like seeing sly in a kimono, is there? That's yeah, that's quite the sight. And he's come out looking look, look like, like a painter and decorator, like so. It seems, <laughs> but like, well, it, it also like, makes me think as well. Like he were arrested, involved in terrorist activities, not at a rave. So I don't really. Yeah. Understand why he's dressed like he's, you know, it it is something that I return to and think about that outfit choice. Um, I mean, the dungarees, I suppose, make sense if he's, you know, doing a lot of martial arts and stuff. He needs mm. the, the range. Yeah, I mean, so freedom. I've got. I mean, we've got to see Jackie Chan sport some dungarees and have a big fight in for strike. But I don't think dungarees really lend themselves greatly no. to martial arts. Um, no. you need a bit more less restrictive, like. Like you know, sort of a nice fitted jean. Yes. And maybe a boot cut, maybe. Maybe, uh, I mean, but not. I don't think dungarees. Seems, yeah, you'd think denim seems quite hard to be, you know, kicking ass in. I would imagine. Mm. Um, but, well, you say that, but Chuck Norris had a pair of what they, call, well, what they were called action jeans and A's. Yeah, but were they sprayed um, on? They were sort of like yeah, they were very like very thin jeggings. Like like yeah, like kind of like like jeggings, like you know, you would get down a pre-mark or something like that. <laughs> Primark is like, is, I think they have in America, don't they? So they, my American yeah. listeners will probably quite appreciate that one. Um, so on to my next fact. So did you know <laughs> the choice of Wesley Snipes was not the first one? Oh. Uh, Sloan actually wanted Jackie Chan to be the villain oh. in this movie, which I think would be interesting. But apparently Jackie declined as he felt Hong Kong since wouldn't actually have taken Queen Lee and playing a villain. Yes. Uh, but he does, he does actually get a little mention. In the, in the film when Huxley asked Hill Spartan that she learned her, all her kicks from J- watching Jackie Chan movies which is yeah. amazing um, Adrian Barbeau uh, for our horror fans in the audience yes. um, I've kind of John Carpenter Star Wars she plays the computer the voice of the computer L7 oh, which is yeah. which is a quite a, quite an interesting reference to like um, girl groups in, in the 90s and L7 being called L7 yeah every of us are kind of their riot girl stuff yeah. Well, I love a bit of L7. Um, well, she played the, she also played the computer in the thing as well, which uh, John, um, sorry, Kurt Russell pours a beer into, or not yeah. a beer, sorry, whiskey into, and calls a bitch, which is quite, well, I quite mean, a bit, bit much for like a computer, but. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, 
again, talking about choices for, for the roles, originally the Spartan and Felix were going to be played by John, uh, Steven Seagal and John claude Van Damme. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> but apparently, so, that, I mean, that again, that is quite an interesting movie. Can you imagine? I, always think, I, I just think it was very strange, but apparently, um, because they both didn't really like each other at the time, they've obviously had a very, very open rivalry. Yeah. Um, they wouldn't budge on who would play the good guy and who would play the bad guy. Yeah. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme would obviously play, because he was going to have quite a big streak at this point, he wanted to play the, the hero, he wanted to play John Spartan. Yeah. Uh, but Steve Seagal said he wanted to play John Spartan at that point. <laughs> uh, none of them would budge, so unfortunately we just got um, just got what we got, which is uh, which I think still worked out very, very well. And I mean, I pretty... do as well, and this reminds me of that bit in Last Action Era when he sees Terminator poster and it's Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And he's like, no, you made this film. And he's like, me, I didn't do it. And I do think like that casting choice is so important. Mm, that, mm, mm. You know, I don't know that I'd be sat here raving about Demolition Man if it had been Steven Seagal or John claude Van Damme. I, I, I don't think that it would have had the same uh, zing to it, shall we say. No, I don't think. I think and I think also, well, I mean, so Seagal at that point was quite, he wasn't what he is now. <laughs> was basically just just sort of like, a, a man in a black t-shirt just like um, sometimes been in a film that he's, he's, a, he's the star of I use inverted commas the star star of yes but it's not when he's like you know he's like in the film with like Stone Cold Steve Austin and he's in it for like <laughs> 10 minutes and you're like Stone Cold's getting paid like like fucking buttons and he's getting paid like all the money but he's like just sitting down like fighting someone um fighting everyone so, from an office chair yeah, just like not just like you, you think he's running, but he's not really running that fast. He's just sort of like sort of sprinting and sort of weavers. But Jean Claude Van Damme, I, I mean, I could I could definitely see Jean Claude Van Damme in this movie, even playing the playing the the, the villain. And they obviously got to do that like, later on, and, and Expendables got to be the bad guy. And I think it's very interesting. But um, so speaking of, speaking of demolition men, yeah, an interesting fact for you, uh, and a bit of trivia from the trivia zone. Uh, so the structure of the bone building at the beginning of the film was actually a couple of actual real office, abandoned office buildings. They actually held a contest on MTV oh. and, and a fan from MTV got to press a button on set to destroy the buildings as oh. sort of the big, big, big sort of spectacular ending, back, ending, um, ending to that building, I should say. So, and, and, cool. so in, in retrospect, they were the true demolition man slash women. Indeed. Indeed. And, and I'm a la- it's, 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 it's quite interesting to think like like Stallone didn't actually do much demolition really no. in the movie, um, even though and I mean Wesley Snipes was dressed like a, a bricky, um, <laughs> but <laughs> Stallone, uh, Stallone didn't do any demolition. It's only this person around TV who got to do it, which is I think if you're going to do that, it's such an amazing thing to do. I mean yeah. that's that's I think back to my childhood when I was watching WWE and they would like they would sell a house. <laughs> yeah. Like you could win a house, or you could win like seats to WrestleMania or something. I think that's or, or if you draw the best Limp biscuit poster, you got to be at WrestleMania, which is <laughs> a strange thing. It did actually happen. Yeah. Um, so I think that would be pretty cool for me to do. Uh, so I'm quite jealous of that person. I'm jealous. Um, That'd be amazing. I'd love to blow a building I, up. I'm sure that somebody, somebody's like sitting down with their, like their kids right now and being like, "I got see that that building. I got to destroy it." That were me. I pressed amazing. that button. That was I pressed me. that button. I was there with, you know, Dan Cortez <laughs> and uh, or Jenny, Jenny McCarthy, you know, yeah. Camera Electra or something like that. Um, pressing that button on set, you know, that would be quite funny. I need to find see if there's fine footage of that would be quite cool. Yeah, that's um, cool. Now, we call uh, him Demolition Man, but it's because he, he does like his whole thing is that he blows stuff up, isn't it? So like he blows that seven when she's like, Oh, would it worth blowing a seven million dollar mall up for a twenty five thousand dollar ransom? And that kid's like, fuck you, lady. <laughs> you know, it's like his big thing is he will not, you know, does not negotiate with terrorists, will not pay a ransom, will blow buildings up. And I like that. That's yeah. a strong, you know, a strong stance to take, I think. I think it is, yeah, yeah. Like, I, like, I, I won't, I won't, I won't negotiate with you or give you money, but I will destroy the building that you're in yeah. and your hostages. Yeah. And I will do have collateral damage. Yeah. Um, How so, much I mean, damage can I make? I I've got, I've got, I've got reservations, but at the same time, you know, I am willing to bend them a little bit in other ways. So, yeah, yeah it's very strange. Now, when I was kind of younger, a lot. Of, this is going to be my last trip in the trivia zone. Um, 
when I was younger, the big thing or the big rumor was that Huxley was meant to be Stallone's Spartan's daughter. Oh no! Now, now this is actually because there was a subplot originally that, that you would see his daughter, and his daughter was part of the resistance, and you do see the actress that plays his daughter or play was going to play his daughter in that scene at the end, um, but you just, she's never referenced. Um, they just kind of cut her out. She just thought it was, just a bit, it was a bit too much fluff. Yeah. So they just cut it out, which is which, which kind of works in a sort of in a, in a way, and it doesn't work in a way because, you know, obviously we talk about you, in the film they talk about how his wife passed away and died, her life was extinguished, as Huxley says, in in the, in the big quake, but his daughter may still be alive, and Huxley mm. was actually going to go and find her and try and find her. So that was an interesting kind of thing that would have been happening. But do you think it's it, it works better to have it sort of ambiguous i mean i think it works better to have it ambiguous than for it to be incest yeah yes yes i mean that that is i mean that is ideal i think that would have took it to a very very dark um a very dark place that you know (laughs) yeah because i mean i don't think you really want to have yeah i don't think you really want to have sort of weird sort of beaver dream anime looking oh god horror horror style Sex, se- I mean, sex, and we use, use and quote tweets here because quote tweets, quote quotations here because <laughs> it's a very strange. I have to be honest; that is one of scene. the most disturbing things I've ever seen. It's it's very scary. It's because yeah. it's flashing, and I I watched it, you know, in in the off my in my office, and my where I do obviously re- we record. Um, I just I'm, and that it's just flat. It's a flashing. And the moment you can see of her and I think it's, it's very strange. And it's I mean, obviously Sandra Bullock looks marvellous because it's Sandra yes. Bullock. Yes, oh wow, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, but it's the flashing and it's Sylvester Stallone grunting that I find. Mm. Um Yeah. I mean Sylvester Stallone, I think I would say this for quite a few action people, to be fair. I don't want to see Sylvester Stallone in a sex scene. I don't want to see Arnie in a sex scene. I just don't. You know, mm. I'm sure there's people out there. That's their bag, and that's fine. But for me, I think stick to punching people and you know kicking heads off necks, and leave the romance yeah. to you know someone else. I just, yeah, I I do find that scene absolutely mind blowing. When I when every time I watch it, it makes me feel um, strange in a bad way. Mm. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's not like it's 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 neither interesting nor erotic. Yes, and I think it's meant to be. In a sort of in a weird way, but it's not in any way, shape, or form. In it's any very way like arousing. No, it's 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 very like it's almost like a kind of fever dream, Italian horror, jalo mm. moment. You're like what, what is like some sort of like flashback sequence. You go yes, but it's not like it's not like not sexy in any way, shape, or form. And I think added to that as well that really weird scene where that woman phones him and she's just topless and then she's like oh yeah. sorry you know like, like, like so whoops the, just sorry you've just seen my tits stranger you know <laughs> it's um but i suppose also foreshadowing like um oh what's that thing that people use god this is me what's that there's like a chat thing in the way you just you just dial into like random people i can't remember what it's called oh like look i'm like a chat roulette or like chat a meagle or something sort of, yeah that sort of thing it's like that in the future but also yeah. like this film should be a real warning sign to all these people who want technological advancement because imagine just flashing your tits at someone like <laughs> oh I mean, it's, it's, you know yeah i mean it's, it's somebody's been uh, that the, you know when it when it first was a thing you know chat roulette you know you go yeah. in there to see what, what it was it was mostly mostly penises i mean mostly I, penises. like yeah. Mostly penises and like, and you know, people just like, like people with their laptops like over the just at that eye level. Yes. You like, or 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 just very much very well. It's mostly penises. I mean, let's be honest. Like, it should yeah. have been called chat penis penis chat roulette. Penis. Chat penis penis roulette should have been penis, penis roulette. roulette. Yeah, yeah. But I do cock think... roulette. There you go. Cock cock roulette. Roulette. <laughs> We've worked off there. There we go. We've got the got the end, Megan. Cock there roulette. We are. There we go. Copyright. Copyright it. Um, but yeah I do find that really them two the the sort of really jarring moments in the rest of the quite um, 
I don't want to say it's like because it's not light and fluffy, is it? But it's fun. It's a very fun action mm. film. Like yeah. even when people are getting sort of blown to bits, it's that sort of you never feel like it's very um it never feels real, you know, which is what I like, no. I think, about 80s and 90s films, horror as well, because yeah. I don't like all this, like, hyper-realism, especially in horror. Mm-hmm. Um, it freaks me out a bit. It's, like, really realistic um, things like that. So, for me, mm-hmm. I much prefer the sort of, when you can see that some, a building blows up and it's mannequins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you, you, you kind of want, like, like, like you said yourself, like, um, can I touch on that kind of quickly? Is that I, I'm not one for, um, you know, friends of the friends of the podcast. You know that I'm not. I don't go into the sort of depths that you know, see Zoe Rose Smith does when her podcast. Yeah. I'm just I'm just so scared of those movies. Yeah. Though, though I have seen my fair share of you know like uh, aggressively upsetting movies. Yeah. Um, I do. I don't really like yourself. I don't really like the hyperlistic stuff. It makes me kind of turn off. And I think this movie. You know, unlike you know, a film we've talked about before, like a Robocop, yeah. it's not as brutal, it's not yeah. as crazy as 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 you know this. It's very kind of cartoonish, and the yeah. sort of the, the kind of sort of the back and forth between, you know, Stallone and Snipes is quite comedic. You know, they're kind of taking yeah. pot shots at each other. I think at one point, even Snipes, Snipes calls him, you know, taking a gun and calls him, calls him the dummy Rambo. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of very kind of very kind of daft scenes like Simon says Simon says die <laughs> yeah yeah like Simon says yeah, so it's yeah. like it's very daft and so I think that's guy, kind of the kind of thing oh that guy special mention to um oh what his assistant what's his name oh this uh, is- uh, yeah Glenn Shaddix from Beetlejuice yeah how he's yeah, just yeah, started, yeah. you know he's like oh I'm on your side oh the tide's turning bye bye then <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. he's he's a very funny character and obviously stuff like they all listen to jingles which is just yeah so so unnecessary but really funny much like the three seashells i think that's what adds to it it just Mm. it it builds that world a little bit more doesn't it with really weird stuff that i really like (laughs) yeah so the sort of the way it's it's trying to be sort of a a kind of perfect place to live and they're still sort of like they still have to have the mostly cleanly thing, so they just can't listen to music just in case there's a there's a swear word or there's like there's there's references to violence or whatever. Yeah. So they have to be like, what's the most you know clinical music we can listen to? Yeah, would either be like I suppose like maybe classical, but even if we even think that's like too much. Yeah, so it's yeah. like let's listen to things that are just ads. We just listen to like there's like obviously the thing like a hot dog song and like. Yeah, dog no, dog food it, songs and stuff like that. I think it's so interesting. It's so fun. It's it's that that's... thing, like you say, isn't it, of a very um it's like they want uh the the guy, the big baddie, wants like a lobotomized population. Like he wants no strong feeling about anything and no mm. strong thoughts and he wants everyone to be really lobotomized, really, just very yeah, yeah. calm and, and not rocking the boat. Um mm. and then that's what's so interesting though, is is when obviously Simon Phoenix's return. He's mm. like a big, a, this big, loud character, violent, or they're just mm. not prepared for. Again, coming back to that, send a maniac to catch a maniac, or, mm. you know, mm-hmm. that, they're just so unprepared for it. And then, mm. obviously, hijinks ensue, and that's what we love. Yeah, I think, I think that's why it works so well, because it's, it's yeah. a, a kind of perfect blend of, like, it's not a kind of fish out of water, but also yeah. kind of turning it into sort of, like, Sort of an evil fish, a shark at water almost. Yeah. You know, in a way, sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Use that sort of euphemism. But because obviously he's not used to this, he's used to kind of being like, I think the, I suppose they're both, they're both playing that sort of character, that kind yeah. of like almost kind of, you know, California man sort of thing, like where it's just, they've literally been frozen out of ice to be like, yeah. As kind of ca- caveman, as a kind of, I think they get referenced by the chief police, he's just a caveman sort of a, yeah, uh, a useless tool, a sort, of, a sort of thing, but it, you know, it's not really useful anymore because yeah. you don't need that. But when Simon thinks you know, if you kind of, I see, you have a, a mate to catch a maniac, so you bring about a kind of a, a dickhead to catch a dickhead, essentially. Exactly. So, like, is a very they're both very blunt instruments, aren't they? I think. That's yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the best way. That's a, that's a good word to use. Yeah. It's it's like instead of it being you know using a walnut 
to to crush uh, now. What is it? Using a hammer to crush a walnut. It's like opposite. It's like trying to use a walnut to crush a hammer, which is why they're yeah. on Spartan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you, I mean, you, and I don't think you can crush a, a hammer with a walnut. Exactly. That's the flaw in the plan. You see, they've mm. turned themselves into walnuts. I've gone too far in yeah. this. This. Yeah, if you've gone down this, yeah, yeah, like, um, and I was like, hammers are made of walnuts. <laughs> Walnut hammer. <laughs> The wood or the, the nut, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so um, you'd be glad, you, know, you may be glad or may not be glad to know that there's a trip out of the, the trivia zone for this episode. So we're just going to r- wrap up a little bit. Yeah. So, Demolition Man, would you recommend it to fans of action movies now? Oh, yes, absolutely. Run, don't walk, I would say, if you've not seen absolutely. it. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, it's got it all. Terrible attempts at romance, mm-hmm. insane costume design. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, cheese. You know, cheese coming out of every orifice in terms of the cheesy one-liners. The Simon says mm. bleed, etc. Yes, yeah, yeah. Sylvester Stallone in his prime. You know, we love to see it. Sandra Bullock, love to see Sandra Bullock. Marvelous. Um, and yeah, I would. I would absolutely recommend it. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I would do too. I, I think that it's probably one of my favourite Stallone movies and has been for many years since I kind of first watched it when I was younger. But yeah, like, so, I mean, it's it's no Rambo. It's no Rocky. Don't go in with, you know, thoughts of, you know, Oscar-winning performances from no. either one. But if you want a good if you want a good time, you want to have a laugh, you want to have exactly. fun, a kind of fun sort of popcorn yeah. action movie, this is definitely one to, one to check out and when it should be in your kind of top action movies. Absolutely. Ever. It's a Michaelis. perfect so get it on your, night action film. So get it, get it on your letterbox for all you film geeks like me yes. and Megan, I would imagine, as well. Yes, I'm um, on. And then and make sure you get it watched as soon as possible. Hopefully we've inspired, me and Megan have inspired you to watch it. So Megan, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on monstrous underscore Meg on Instagram. Um, and I'm also on Letterboxd, and I can't remember what my name is on there, but I've got a link tree in my Instagram bio, so people okay. can find me there. Um, and I'm also the co-host of the Monstrous Flesh podcast, uh, which is exploring women in horror, and um, we've got you know some very exciting episodes coming up, um, and that's going to launch in March. So keep your eyes peeled for that if you want to hear me rabbiting on about ginger snaps and teeth and other wonderful <laughs> horror outings. <laughs> Lovely. As I mean, well, thank you very much for Megan for coming on and talking about this insanely fun movie with me. Yes, thank and you. And maybe me. we'll maybe we'll see you down the road again. Oh, hopefully. Mm, there you go. Well, thank you much. Take care and have a nice day. Yeah, thanks. You too. that was my chat with Dr. Megan Kenny. That was a bit of fun. Maybe a little bit too much uh, chat about poo-poo, but um, hey-ho. <laughs> Next time, my guest will be Ben Jones, and we're heading back to Hong Kong to chat about Iron Angels. So, as usual, you can follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at your MC Podcast. You can also email the show on yourmovecreeppodcast at gmail.com. Remember to like, Subscribe, comment if you can, and I'll see you on the next one, Creeps. <laughs> <laughs>